takes the tackler into the end zone. He catches it in stride and scores. This is This Week in the Mountain West. And he walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Mountain West Conference champions. Hi, this is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West, and you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. On the Mountain West Radio Network. It's the Week 5 edition of This Week in the Mountain West, and I'm your host, Matt Neverett. Welcome into the show. Excited to take a look at the upcoming slate of action around the Mountain West Conference and to recap the entire Week 4 schedule. UNLV play-by-play voice Russ Langer stopped by to highlight the Rebels' first 3-1 start since 2008 and their upcoming matchup against New Mexico. We're also joined by San Diego State headman Brady Hoke to preview the first conference game of the year for the Aztecs this Friday on the Smurf turf against Boise State. But first, a look at the Mountain West Players of the Week for Week 4 of the 2020 season. In only one half and three minutes of play against Nevada, Air Force running back Brad Roberts was tabbed as the conference's offensive player of the week for the second time this season and the third time in his career. The senior tailback registered 20 carries for a game-high 123 yards while tying a career-high with three rushing touchdowns and an average of 6.2 yards per rush. The senior out of the Denver suburbs made an impact before watching 13 other rushers tally a carry in the win for the Falcons. Nine of Roberts' 20 carries either went for a first down or a touchdown. Austin Ajake put up a stout effort in UNLV's road win against Utah State and was rewarded with the Mountain West's Defensive Player of the Week award for the first time in his career. The senior linebacker paced all tacklers with 11 total and 7 solo tackles, including a tackle for a loss and a second quarter interception that was followed by a 9-yard return, setting up a scoring drive for the Rebels in their 34-24 win on the road at Utah State. We'll talk to Russ Langer shortly about Ajake's effort. Jack Browning of San Diego State is the Special Teams Player of the Week for Week 4 as the hometown San Diego product made a career-long 50-yard field goal in the Aztecs' 17-14 win over Toledo and landed six of his nine punts inside the Rockets' 20-yard line with three of them coming to rest inside the 10. And the Mountain West Freshman of the Week was Jordan Pollard out of San Jose State. The true freshman linebacker helped the Spartans' defense limit Western Michigan to just six points in a 34-6 Spartans win. Pollard, out of the Los Angeles area, recorded a career-high eight tackles and the first interception of his career while also pacing all Spartan tacklers in the win over the Broncos. All right, let's get into it, taking a look at the Week 4 recaps from around the Mountain West Conference. On Friday night in Colorado Springs, Air Force ran away with a 48-20 victory over Nevada to move to 3-1 on the season. The Falcons rebounded from a loss to Wyoming with 461 yards on the ground against the Wolfpack, including 14 different rushers registering a carry. Brad Roberts turned in an off Offensive Player of the Week award performance with 123 yards on 20 carries while tying a career high with three rushing touchdowns. Two receivers left, Engel and Jefferson. Jefferson in motion left to right. Handed off Roberts straight ahead. Easy touchdown. Air Force. Brad Roberts, his third rushing touchdown of the night. That was Jim Arthur on the Air Force Sports Network from Learfield on the call. Chevin Cordero and the San Jose State Spartans down Western Michigan in a 34-6 drubbing in Northern California last week thanks to a big offensive day but an even stronger defensive effort from San Jose State. Brent Brennan's squad limited Western Michigan to 201 yards of total offense and the only touchdown recorded by the visitors was on a kickoff return early in the third quarter. The game was 24-6 at that point. Along with the big performance from Cordero, who finished the win 17 of 28 with 250 yards and two scores through the air, Kyrie Robinson stole the show on the ground, tallying 81 yards on 13 rushes, but it was his two rushing touchdowns that iced the game for the now 2-1 Spartans. Here's Justin Allegri on Learfield with the call of Robinson's final score of the game. Cordero gives to Robinson over the left side to the 15, to the 10, to the 5, racing to the end zone! Touchdown, San Jose State! 
Kyrie Robinson, second time on the ground tonight. And how about that for an exclamation point? Just one play, and the Spartans are back into Painter. 23-yard touchdown. And for the first time since 2007, UNLV defeated Utah State in Logan, Utah, continuing their hot start with a wire-to-wire 34-24 win over the defending Mountain West champions. Rebel quarterback Doug Brumfield threw for a touchdown and rushed for two more, with Aiden Robbins tacking on 81 yards and a second-quarter rushing touchdown as well. At the end of the day, however, it was the defense that stole the show for UNLV, intercepting Logan Bonner of Utah State four times, forcing five total turnovers and limiting the Aggies to just 96 yards rushing. Austin Adjike became the first UNLV Rebel to win the conference's Defensive Player of the Week awards in 2019 with a game-high 11 sacks and his second interception of the season in the victory. Two wideouts to the left, two to the right, back to throw on the play action. Pass intercepted. It's intercepted by the Rebels. Down to the 30-yard line, it's Austin Adjike. The Rebels' tremendous talent at linebacker, Adjike, their top tackler from last year, picks off Logan Bonner. Russ Langer on ESPN 1100 Las Vegas with the call. Russ will join us later on to highlight his thoughts on the 3-1 start for UNLV. And on Saturday at the brand-new Snapdragon Stadium, San Diego State survived against the Rockets of Toledo thanks to a Jordan Bird one-yard rush touchdown in the closing seconds to cement a 17-14 Aztec win. Shotgun. Floyd, touchdown, Aztecs, Jordan Bird, Jordan Bird. That's the legend Ted Leitner on San Diego Sports 760. Jordan Bird finished with 115 yards on the ground and the game-sealing score with 41 seconds left. That was his second touchdown of the day. Quarterback Braxton Burmeister only passed for 65 yards throughout the entirety of the game, but slung the rock well when it mattered, going 3-for-4 with 25 yards through the air and three rushes for 46 yards in the final scoring drive alone before he had to get off to Bird for the game's winning touchdown. And we're very happy now here on This Week in the Mountain West to be joined by San Diego State head coach Brady Hoke. And coach, we'll get right into it. It was a hard-fought game for your side this week. How much does a close game that comes down to the wire like your win over Toledo by a 17-14 to score last weekend tell you about what kind of a team you have this season? Well, number one, it was, uh, it was a great, great way to win a football game. You know, any win is a great win, as you know. But uh, the way our guys stood together and played for each other, I think was really, really special. Uh, really, uh, last, last year, a 12-2 team, uh, we, we uh, had won uh, six games by one score. So it was good to, good to feel this uh, for this football team that they had that belief in what they can do and the hard work and execution of two-minute drill uh, that we work three times a week is really something special. And take us through that last drive from your perspective. It's got to be crazy and uh, energetic to watch your team go on offense with the ball on your own. 33, you got just under three minutes to play, trailing 14 to 10. What was going through your mind when the offense took the field? Well, you know, I felt pretty good about it, even though we, we had struggled some, and, and we've been struggling a little bit from the offensive side of the ball, but we're, we're, making, we're, we're making good uh, uh, way on it. So, but you, you you just feel really confident, I did, in what the offense was doing because of watching them do it all week and watching them uh, stay together as a unit. I thought, uh, obviously, Braxton uh, taking the opportunities to uh, make things happen with his feet and extend plays. And, and really, um, it, was, it was great to watch that happen. 
and was going to bring up Braxton Burmeister regardless, so I'm glad you did because he didn't necessarily put up big passing numbers in the victory, but as you mentioned, he performed his best when it mattered. He was 3-4 for four through the air and added 46 rushing yards in the game-winning drive alone. Uh, what have you seen that contributed to his performance under pressure late in that win over Toledo? You, you know, uh, th- that's him. I mean, that that is him. He He loves uh, to compete, he loves to play. He loves to have the ball in his hands and to make something happen. Uh, I think that you know I, I'll feel a little better if we can keep him upright a little bit more. You know, from uh, his standpoint, and, and also just from what we're doing as as an offense. But uh, he uh, he's really a guy who loves to play the game. Last week marked the second home win in your brand new home, and now that you've played two games in the state-of-the-art Snapdragon Stadium, what kind of an impact do you think your new digs will have on your current players as well as the future of the program and the San Diego State Athletic Department as a whole? Yeah, I think there isn't any doubt, Matt. The the, the stadium itself uh, is one of the most uh, uh, fan-friendly friendly, uh, stadiums that I've been around, you know, obviously most of my time's on the uh, on the sideline, but it's really a great venue. We're really excited about it, and uh, I think, you know, for future Aztecs, it's going to be something they really enjoy. We're talking to head coach Brady Hoke of the San Diego State Aztecs here on This Week in the Mountain West, and Coach Hoke, you're in your second stint at the helm of the San Diego State program after leading the team from 2009 to 2010. It's obviously a very different landscape, both at San Diego State and in college football as a whole. In your eyes, what are some of the biggest differences between your two stints as the head man for the Aztecs? Yeah, well, obviously, you, you look at the landscape of college football, uh, the NIL, Obviously, name, image, and likeness. I think the transfer portal, obviously, is something that we all will have to contend with. And really, uh, you know, and I think some people have really utilized uh, both of those things and sometimes both those things together. But it's uh, obviously the landscape has really changed. Uh, I, I think, you know, for us here, I think we continue to grow as, as a department and as a football team, but uh, uh, we're really excited about where we're at. And, Coach, looking ahead to your Week 5 matchup this upcoming Friday night on the road against Boise State, there's been a lot of noise coming out of Boise and some movement when it comes to personnel both on the roster and the coaching staff. How do you try to block out potential distractions like that when it comes to game planning and then adding a short week on top of that? Yeah, well, number one, the short week is something that, you know, you try and contend with. I think we, we were in pretty good shape uh, as far as preparation. You know, uh, defensively, they're going to be who they are. Offensively, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, a little different. And so uh, we, we've got to do our best to give our guys the best opportunity to win. And I'm excited about uh, uh, us, uh, uh, you know, going out there and, and getting ready and playing a great football team, uh, you know, and a great uh, – uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And last question for you, Coach. You've had some very different games this year when it comes to either a run-and-gun shootout versus a low-scoring slugfest like you experienced last week. As you and your team enter Mountain West play this week for the rest of the schedule, what identity do you hope that your team can assume throughout the rest of the season? Well, you know, I think our identity, we've got to be a team that uh, all three phases have to uh, play together. You know, our kicking game, our offense, and our defense. And I think, uh, you know, taking uh, uh, the clock a little bit and uh, possession of, of the football is going to be really important. 
And so uh, I see us being a team that, you know, we're going to be, we're going to play a lot of close games, but we're going to be in there at the end. He's San Diego State Aztecs head coach Brady Ho. Coach, best of luck this week when you head up to Boise to take on the Broncos of Boise State at 6 p.m. Mountain Time on FS1. Coach, thanks so much for joining us here on This Week in the Mountain West. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Coming up next, it's UNLV play-by-play man Russ Langer here on This Week in the Mountain West. This is Timmy Chang, head coach of the University of Hawaii football team. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. This is Marcus Arroyo, head coach of the UNLV Rebels. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Coming into Week 5 play, blazing hot after a 3-1 start, including a 34-24 win on the road at defending Mountain West champs Utah State. The Rebels of UNLV have been the surprise team in the Mountain West Conference so far this season, and we're now joined by radio play-by-play man Russ Langer for UNLV. And Russ, you've called the action for UNLV for over a decade now. Expectations as well as results have been very different this season for head coach Marcus Arroyo and his staff. What has the former Oregon offensive coordinator unlocked this year in the early part of the schedule to have UNLV on pace for their first 4-1 and one start since 2003. Well, I think what he started to unlock, Matt, is uh, what, what began when he started a couple of years ago, which is, first of all, trying to get the program turned around in, in every way imaginable. In, in a way, when he got here, it was like, it's like trying to turn around an aircraft carrier when you have a, a when you inherit a situation like that. So he, he had to, first of all, try to obviously work in the, during the first year with what he had inherited coming in. And then, then the real key, which is good recruitment. And it takes a couple of years for a new coach to see the results of that recruitment, and that's what he's done. Um, he's, he has shown in the early part of the schedule that the players he brought in, and there have been dozens of players uh, brought in uh, through the through transfer portal, either uh, four-year schools or JUCO, and uh, – No one, everyone knew that he had a good reputation uh, for being a solid recruiter, but obviously you need to see results. And in the first four games of the season, we're seeing those results now. Um, He has also, with that, he's tried to change the mindset of the program uh, to, to just basically look at toughness and commitment and things like that. I mean, a lot of coaches talk about alignment and assignment, and, and Coach Arroyo is into that. But he's, he's trying to take it a step further because last year um, the Rebels only won two games, but six of their losses were by one score where they, where they were one play away, essentially, uh, whether it was making a stop or not giving up a big play or simply executing uh, a basic play on offense to get a first down, uh, where they were coming up short. And uh, they worked hard to clean those things up. The other thing that Marcus Arroyo has done, is he's with his training staff uh, and the strength and conditioning uh, coordinator. They have worked to make the team physically more formidable. And everyone that was in with the program last year seemingly has bought in because the theme coming into spring camp this year was bigger, faster, stronger. And sometimes that only sounds like some kind of a saying uh, that, that, that you read somewhere, but that's, <laughs> that is manifesting itself on the field. This is a much tougher defense. This is a much tougher, uh, bigger and stronger elements on offense as well. 
And so you put all that together, the Rebels are off to their best start since 2008. My colleague Nick Crackman asked Coach Arroyo on this show last week about the impact of the transfer players on this UNLV team this season in general. You got guys like Aiden Robbins, Ricky White, Adam Plant, and Jordan Morgan, to name just a few, guys that are making impacts in this year after transferring. And Coach Arroyo said that that was all a part of their plan from the start. Have these transfer players performing well been the single biggest change in your eyes from a winless team two years ago until now? You can make a strong case for that, no question. I think it, the, the other thing is that Doug Brumfield, who showed very early last year uh, of before he got injured, what he was capable of when healthy, uh, he's picked that up. Now, obviously, Brumfield staying healthy is huge. They need to keep him on the field. And uh, the, through four games, he's taken some solid hits. And, uh, you know, you just got to hope. In fact, the one play in the North Texas State game where he, made, he scored that touchdown on a scramble, and, uh, and I thought he was going to break his neck going in the end zone where he got flipped over like that. Um, so, you know, he's, he's making better decisions, and he's definitely been more efficient in the, in the passing game than they, the Rebels have had at quarterback for quite some time. And uh, so those are those are several of the elements that uh, that have contributed to this point. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons that this team has been so excited has been the high flying offense to this point. And now that Brumfield A has been putting up the results on the field and B and maybe even more importantly, remained healthy. It's led to a potent offense. But in your eyes, what's been the best part of the sophomore signal caller skill set on the field this year? Well, I think it's I think it's improved decision making. You know, it, 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 he's always had the physical skills, but he's learned a lot from the experience he got last year and now the early part of this year. So he's, you know, he'll, he'll throw the ball away before taking a sack. Now he's been sacked a few times. Um, and, and the rebels, that's one thing they need to clean up. They're not, uh, they're in the bottom 20 in the nation, I think in terms of, of big losses, uh, large losses as far as yards are concerned but he's definitely overall improved his decision making joined here on this week in the mountain west by unlv play-by-play broadcaster russ langer and russ you've talked about the improved decision making of quarterback doug brumfield and one of the side products is that that's led to a turnover margin this year that's been really impressive it's been a battle that unlv has won in every game so far their plus nine turnover ratio ranks second in the country behind only usc what's been the biggest contributing factor this year so far whether it be the efficiency of brumfield and the offense as a whole or the ball hawking ability in the hands of the defense what's been the number one factor for you in this turnover margin well i think you have to you have to credit both sides of the ball but pr- principally the defense again when when you and i think the root of it is not only better execution as we we talked about earlier but also uh, the bigger faster stronger element of, of the, the physical improvement that has been seen team-wide uh, you know the defense is tougher. They're just making they're making better hits. They're making more impressive hits. Uh, they're shooting the gap better up front on, on the D line, um, and the coverage uh, in the in the secondary has been uh, improved from last year. They still have to clean some of that up because they kill, still will occasionally give up the big play. Uh, but you you mentioned uh, Jordan Morgan, Cam Oliver, um, Jure Williams, Noel Williams. Some of these uh, uh, defensive backs have shown some real skills and real improvement. I think Noel Williams still is, uh, is, is, is the best of the secondary people, but he's getting a lot more help than he's had in the past. And so uh, I think you have to definitely credit that, especially when you, you, you get five interceptions off of Logan Bonner, the quarterback that led Utah State to the Mountain West crown last year. 
The Rebels return home to Allegiant Stadium just off the Vegas Strip this week to take on New Mexico in Las Vegas for the first time since 2018. How does a short week impact preparation for both the players and the coaches? Well, they just have to dial things up uh, by, by an additional 24 hours. And I think I think uh, Coach Arroyo had, had planned for this well in advance where, you know, based upon practices and, and based upon, uh, you know, the, the, what the things that need to be done with regard to media and everything, uh, certain adjustments have been made. And uh, they went through this uh, last year and the year before as well, uh, in, in at least one or two of the weeks. So, yeah, that's what they do. They, sim- they simply make those adjustments and, and move things up by a day. And uh, everyone understands what's at stake here. I mean, the, the, the Rebels know that they need to do everything they can to keep the momentum going. And so uh, the, the short week is something, as I said, has been well planned out. And, and uh, I don't expect that to be too big of a factor for them. You know, there'll be a couple of guys were hurt uh, in the Utah State game. And that's, their status is a little unclear going in. But uh, other than that, I expect the team to be very well prepared. And hopefully it'll be a good crowd at, at Allegiant Stadium. And Russ, not looking too far past this week in a challenge at home against the New Mexico Lobos, but UNLV off to a hot start with a chance to do something that they haven't done in quite some time, and that's become bowl eligible with just three more wins the rest of the way out. There is a tough schedule in the middle part of the year, and then a couple of very winnable games at the end of the 2022 campaign. Is that something that has been discussed internally? Is that monologue being shared about going for bowl eligibility towards the end of the season? Or have the coaching staff done a good job of of kind of keeping these players focused on a week-to-week basis and keeping it locked on the Lobos this week? I think, the, if the, the, here's the thing. Um, the overwhelming majority of the team seems to be buying into the Arroyo structure, the Arroyo program, uh, the Arroyo philosophy. And part of that is take it game by game. Look ahead, but look ahead only to the next opponent. Don't, don't start looking too far ahead. Uh, I think that you, you get, I think the top, Coaches and managers in any sport will will preach that and hope that the team uh, that they're coaching or managing will buy in because that's very important. I think the Rebels, for the most part, are doing just that. I mean, you can't help but look at the rest of the schedule, but what do you focus on? You have to focus on the next game. Um, but in but for for you and I, Matt, we're not tied to that, so we can look at the rest of the schedule. And <laughs> it, it would seem that based upon. Uh, based upon what the schedule is and, and the improvement the Rebels has shown, it's going gonna, it's gonna to boil down to who can stay on the field. If they can stay healthy, uh, uh, the key players, particularly Doug Brumfield and Aiden Robbins and key members of that offensive line and, and the, the wide receiver core, and I said they have a couple of guys dinged up a wide receiver, but they are uh, fairly deep in that area. Um, and then obviously defensively, you have to, to keep guys on the field. There's, there's uh, a reason for optimism. Uh, looking ahead, that's it. Without trying to make a prediction as to number of wins or or bowl eligibility, it is nice because they have exceeded expectations. I don't think very many people expected the Rebels to be halfway to bowl eligibility four games into the season, and and the one loss they had against Berkeley, um, they were one play away from from winning that game, and they they held the Bears to three points in the second half. So um, the the expectations have have uh, really ratchet it up and uh, we'll just have to see again who can stay on the field because it, it, it what the rebels have demonstrated so far is if they can stay healthy which they have for the most part in four games um they they're they're formidable they, this program is on the rise and certainly turned the corner a big thank you to unlv play-by-play broadcaster russ langer for stopping by this week in the mountain west we'll take a look at the entire week five slate around the mountain west next this is brady hoke 
head coach of the San Diego State Aztecs. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. This is Jeff Tedford, head coach of the Fresno State Bulldogs. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. The Week 5 schedule the Round the Mountain West Conference kicks off on Thursday night in Provo, Utah as the battle for the old wagon wheels. He's 1-3 Utah State, head to number 19 BYU in a 6 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, televised nationally on ESPN. With BYU joining the Big 12 in football next year, remaining dates in this long-time rivalry have been put on pause to accommodate a conference slate for the Cougars, so the 2022 edition of this long-time rivalry game may be the final one for quite some time. Two games Friday, including Brady Hoke and the San Diego State Aztecs heading up to Boise State to take on the Broncos in a battle of two and two teams. This 6 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff will be televised on FS1, and immediately following, UNLV hosts New Mexico at 7 p.m. Pacific time as the Rebels look to go to 4-1 for the first time in 19 years. CBS Sports Network has the national telecast. Only three games on Saturday and around the Mountain West, beginning with the first Service Academy showdown of 2022. 1-2 Navy heads to 3-1 Air Force for an early 10 a.m. Mountain Time kickoff on CBS from the Academy. In their final non-conference showdown of the year, Fresno State looks for their second win of the season on the road, taking on the Huskies of UConn at 3.30 Eastern on CBS Sports Network. And in the second game of a Mountain West CBS Sports Network doubleheader on Saturday, 2-1 San Jose State heads to Laramie to score off against Craig Bolt and the 3-2 Wyoming Cowboys. 5.30 Mountain Time kickoff in a conference battle. And that'll do it for the Week 5 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. Be sure to follow the Mountain West on all social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all the latest news, scores, standings, and of course highlights. Plus, you can always keep up with everything and get the latest content from the Mountain West Network at themw.com. I'm your host, Matt Neverett. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the Week 5 action around the Mountain West Conference. This is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West. We'll talk to you next week right here on This Week in the Mountain West.